Good morning and welcome to episode 268 of Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein of Hein News. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, yes, you know, this uh, baseball World Series is uh, keeping me from doing too much basketball watching. Uh, unbelievable World Series. Uh, you know, before we get to that, let's uh, let you know uh, how you can get in contact with the show. The email address is hindnews at gmx.de, H-E-I-N-N-E-W-S, hindnews at gmx.de. You can reach me on Twitter at hindnews, H-E-I-N-N-E-W-S. Hindnews.com is the website. You can go to the Facebook group. Just put in the search bar, Taking the Charge Podcast, and you will find the group and we will welcome you in with open arms. You can become a Patreon and support the show. Go to Patreon, patreon.com and uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash taking the charge, all one word. And you can rate and review the show on iTunes. Yeah. World Series is uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable drama. Pro, you know, I, thankfully, I don't have a horse in this race because uh, I don't think my nerves can could could take uh, having to really, you know, just suffer with uh, with with the back and forth and back and forth and just amazing emotions that uh, are going into these um, into these games. Just absolutely amazing. That being said, um, you know, it's been taken away. Yeah, it's taken away basically almost all of my basketball watching. Uh, I did uh, actually go to a game on the weekend. I went to see Bayern Munich against uh, Fraport Skyliners, and I uh, had a chance to see Isaac, uh, Isaac Bonga, Richard Freudenberg. Uh, Nicholas Kiel, unfortunately, was injured, so he uh, uh, wasn't able to play. Bonga, Bonga really didn't try to do too much, uh, which, you know, is still shy of his of his... 18th birthday you have to be impressed that he really didn't try to force anything uh, but really didn't do a lot either had one nice drive to the basket and um, played played pretty solid defense um, especially sort of in the second half but uh, really you know there's a I mean, there's nothing you can complain about. He's this is a, it's a it's still a 17 year old. He's playing in the in the German BBL and he's playing against Bayern Munich, probably the the best team right now in in German basketball. And, and really, I mean, he's holding his own. He's not doing anything really wrong, you know. And he's he's so. But it was good to see him, and it'd be good to to you know want to follow him over the course of the season and uh, try to try to get out and see as much as I can of him. And, uh, yeah, but that was the first game of the season for me. And it was nice to be out and, and did a couple interviews. I have been able to do some interviews for FIBA, FIBA for, for Euro Cup. And uh, so, yeah. Um, but the World Series is just amazing. Uh, so I'm not really going to talk about any other basketball this week just because I didn't really watch anything and don't want to, yeah, I'm not going to say waste your time, but, you know, you have things that you're doing and, and – um, you know, I don't really have any any particular insight that I want to offer up, so I'm just going to uh, basically kind of just introduce the interview. Uh, very very interesting uh, chat uh, with uh, David Goldstein. He is the author of the book Aliyup to Aliyah, 
African-American hoopsters in the Holy Land, a story about uh, African-American basketball players playing in Israel and the past, uh, you know, how that started. And uh, a really fantastic, fantastic book. And I guess if you get half of a, a book read by me, it's a gold seal of, of, of a worthy read. Uh, but uh, so the interview is with him and uh, we, we do talk about the book, which uh, is available uh, on wherever you can buy, uh, wherever you can buy books, Amazon, whatnot, uh, as of November 7th. So uh, get ready to, to, to pick that up. And he is also, though, the uh, chief operating officer of U Sports, which is the the um, Canadian version, uh, Canadian equivalent of the NCAA. And uh, as people who have listened to the show in the past know, I have an affinity to Canadian basketball, and so I really didn't want to pass up a chance to talk to him, uh, pose at least a couple of questions to him about uh, basketball, um, college basketball in Canada at the moment. And so I do take advantage of of, uh, of his knowledge and his current status as the COO of, of U Sports. So without further ado, this is David Goldstein, the uh, author of this wonderful book, Eliop to Aliyah. Uh, enjoy, and we will catch you on the other side. All right, so on the show this week, we have David Goldstein, the author of Eliop to Aliyah, uh, African-American hoopsters in the Holy Land. Dave, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so, actually, I was trying to remember. Um, I think you reached out to me. Is that's that's right? Uh, that's saying that you have a uh, a book um, about uh, African Americans who are spending time in and their and their uh, time and adventures and and experiences in Israel and um, had the had the pleasure of. I'm a very bad reader. Um, I think I've mentioned that before on the show, and and uh, I was able to get through about half of it. And and um, I there's certain times when I can read and when I can't read, and and it was actually you the book caught me at times when I could read, and so I really didn't want to put it down, and I just never was able to pick it back up because I never got back to those times of of uh, of times when I could read, but it. Um, and I think actually in one of the descriptions, uh, one of um, someone mentioned enlightening, um, and it is it's a totally enlightening book on uh, on the topic. Um, I I guess before we go too far into it, um, let let's start with your background a little bit. You're you're from from Canada. Uh, maybe kind of talk us through really quick about how how you came about the topic. Sure. Uh, I am uh, from Canada, as you mentioned. Uh, went to Northwestern, so your old neck of the woods in uh, in Chicago or outside Illinois. Uh, and I came about the topic because I have uh, family in Israel. My mom's Israeli, and, and my family would go every year to visit. And on one of those visits, my grandparents' friends of all people uh, found out I was from Toronto and started raving about Anthony Parker, uh, an African-American basketball player from Illinois, who played in Maccabi and then played for the Raptors. And I was really taken by how passionate they were about him as a player, but also as a person. 
And it got me really curious about basketball in Israel. And, and that's really what started the whole thing. So how long ago was that? More than 10 years, if you could believe it. It's been a, a quite a long process. Yeah, he's a, he's a huge name in, in, uh, in, um, in uh, European basketball. Uh, you know, just you know, winning the championship, winning the early championship and everything else. Uh, so of lots of people know. So when you were doing this, when you came, so basically kind of Tony, uh, Anthony Parker was kind of the, 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 the igniter of this. When did you kind of feel like, man, this is a book I need to write? Uh, not, not long after that. Uh, I, I thought it was so interesting. You know, I didn't expect the, these were kind of 80 plus Eastern European women. I, I wouldn't have guessed them for basketball fans in a million years with how passionate they were about him. Uh, I was very curious and, and I had a 12 hour flight ahead of me. So I printed up, uh, Googled and printed up whatever I could find about basketball in Israel. And, and I had an interest in African-Americans in particular. I had taken uh, a series of courses in African-American studies in school. And so that was a particular area of interest. And so I, I looked into that area. And, and honestly, by the time I landed, uh, I had uh, so many interesting leads that I wanted to follow. I wasn't sure I had a book, but I was quite confident I had an idea I wanted to know a lot more about. And then within a few conversations with players or agents, uh, really kind of validated it for me. So it's uh, African-Americans, the subtitles, uh, African-American hoopsters in the Holy Land. For those who um, who are interested, you know, give us a brief synopsis of, of, of you know, where the, the book takes the reader. Sure. Uh, it, it doesn't uh, focus on any one player or one team. The book is about the phenomenon as a whole. And really starting in the, the mid-70s, was the first time Israeli teams started bringing over foreign players and, and particular African-American players, starting with one uh, Ron Dunlap from, from Illinois. Uh, but then it, it kind of exploded in, in popularity as a destination for African-American players and, and rules were changed to allow more foreign players. And in 40 plus years, there's been at least 800 African-American players in Israel. So it's about their experiences, their lives, what brought them to Israel, what keeps them there. Uh, things they like about it, challenges they face. It's it's really the whole spectrum of that phenomenon. It's great, if, um, and I, I could totally recommend for for anybody who's interested in Israel at all, anybody who's interested in European basketball, anybody who's interested in Americans coming to Europe. Uh, there's so many there's so many uh, sort of target groups that you know would be really fascinated. Uh, with everything that's in this book, and um, and so I was I was really excited to actually finally get finally get my hands on it, and it was it was great because um, drawing drawing a blank on on um, on his name uh, the because I was in Israel for the EuroBasket, and uh, the son of one of the players that you interviewed Sean talked to Dawson Dawson yeah, Dawson Sean. Dawson, and his father's in the book. Yeah, so that's one of the amazing things is because it's it's been such a long time phenomenon and, and so many players, you know, do stay and make their life there. There's actually the next generation that's coming up now. So Israel's national team has one of its best players is Sean Dawson, who's not a naturalized citizen. He's born and raised in Israel. Uh, his father was a naturalized citizen who played and, and was one of those African-Americans who played and stayed. And, and it's not just Sean Dawson. It's, you know, Mark Brisker's son, Michael, plays for the uh, one of the junior national teams. 
Uh, Derek Sharp, uh, a Maccabi Tel Aviv legend, his son legend, is playing Legend, legend, exactly. Legend. So a lot of these guys, exactly. And, and they're legends. And now, you know, similar to, to a, a young uh, player in any American sport that's coming up whose father played, they have the same challenges where, uh, you know, they have the opportunity because of their name. They have the challenge because of their name. But it's it's a really interesting thing to watch, even over the course of the 10 years I've been working on this. And there's, and there's a lot of... Um... There's a lot of intrigue as far as, you know, um, the guy, some of the, some of the African Americans, you know, obtaining the Israeli passport and how they do it, how, and, and some of the rules and whatnot. I don't want to give anything away, but there's a lot of intrigue in there. And, and so that's, and, uh, and let's say, let's ask this, what are some of your favorite highlights of the book, I guess probably without giving away too much, but you know, oh, I'm I'm happy to give away some of the great stuff because there were so many great stories and and they really came out because the players were so open with me. So the highlights for me really were the the non basketball items, the personal life uh, details that the people were willing and able to share. Um, stories of you know some of the players converted to Judaism, so stories of what led them to to take that big step. Um, stories of how players met their wives. There's a, a great story of a, a player, or not how he met his wife necessarily, but how he met her family. You know, a, a, a guy dating a, a woman and, and her family didn't know yet. And as he said, her parents found out because her, her mom made a visit when uh, he wasn't expecting it. And the quote was, uh, she saw my big black toes hanging out under the, the sheets of the bed. You know, and that that ends up being a married couple with 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 a family. So, you know, there were some really interesting and intimate personal details that people shared, and and it was a, a treat to find out those uh, those things and to hear how they raise their kids and how they uh, keep their homes. and And it was a pleasure to share that in the book. What were some of the struggles in writing this? The the challenge in, in writing was more in getting it uh, published than anything else. You know, the players were extremely open uh, to speak. Uh, their stories really drove the the structure of the book and the content of the book. Um, that part went well because they were so fantastic to deal with. The challenge was it's a pretty unique uh, look at basketball. And, and from a publishing perspective, it's a potentially a small audience because you could look at it and say, uh, you know, you're taking basketball fans, then you're cutting it to Israel, then you're cutting it to those who are interested also in race. Uh, I think, uh, and I suspect some of your uh, viewers will or listeners will hopefully share, it's a basketball story and it's a human story. And, and I think there's a lot uh, more to it than, um, than limiting the audience. I think it can have an expanded audience. So the challenge was really just getting a literary agent, getting a publisher, and that took a lot of time. And I was very lucky to find a visionary agent and a visionary publisher who were willing to to take the journey with me. There's, it, you know, for those who even um, for those interested in European basketball, it it also gives an understanding of who and what Maccabi Tel Aviv represent, and and the um, and how because yeah, there's a lot of security that goes along with the Israeli national team for for anybody who's been at a at an international competition with uh, the, uh, with Israel taking part and it kind of brings that all in there as well so it's really it's for anybody who's interested in European basketball because Israel slash Israeli clubs uh, have have been a big part of 
uh, the telling of the European basketball story. So you know that you know there's there's definitely an European audience uh, you know who you know besides just Israelis who who will. I think would be interested in this because like I said, it's, it's pretty enlightening for even for someone who's, you know, decently informed, you know, for somebody who, who really doesn't uh, know, you know, that much about, uh, uh, about the area, whatnot, and the history, uh, you really do, uh, you really do a good job of, of, of telling that, uh, that part of the story. I have to praise you for that. Well, I really appreciate it. And, and I agree with you. I think one of the things this book does or can do is really, uh, inform people about the quality of, of European basketball. And, you know, I, I think it's a fascinating book about Israel. I think a, a similar book could be written about a lot of great uh, basketball countries um, and and see what the the extra depth out of a Real Madrid or an FC Barcelona or, or a, a Barcelona or those sorts of clubs. And, I mean, I can only totally... <laughs> I totally agree that, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, whenever somebody thinks of Israel is this, you know, this safety security issue. And, you know, this was my first time I was in Israel. I was in, I was only in Tel Aviv. I didn't go anywhere else. Um, But, you know, there was never any sort of you know, let's say even military presence, you know, I had just been in, 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 in Cairo. I had just been in, um, in Istanbul and much more of a, of a, of a military presence in there. And, and, you know, basically other than normal, you know, day-to-day police, you know, occup, you know, uh, just duties, you know, there was yeah. nothing in there. So, you, you know, you know, family would say just like many of these and you describe it, you know, why Israel? I'm like, I mean, I was going there for work and, um, but totally can totally, uh, agree with, with that. It's, it, it, it was really, it was really eye opening in that regard as well. And it was really cool to talk to players who went from really apprehensive about Israel because of the security concerns you mentioned to being the veteran players that are reassuring the younger guys that it's, that it's perfectly fine. And, uh, and that they'll love it and, and all of that. It, it was very cool to see their, their transition take place because there are, a lot of concerns people have and they're understandable, but you have to go see it and you have to try it. And, and as you're saying, you know, it's great to hear that you had that experience because that really is exactly what so many of the players that I spoke to went through a little bit of caution. And then, you know, wow, this is not what I expected. Yeah. And, and for a lot of those players probably as well, actually a lot, lot safer than it back in the States. Yeah, and that that's one of the experiences that some of the players raised was, you know, they felt more comfortable and more secure than than they did, uh, you know, where they where they were from, um, and that was one of the surprises of the book, and I, I think it's part of why you know some some players do ultimately choose to stay. Uh, if is you know you, you can always talk to some uh, like a film director or whatever, and uh, you know say what was left on the cutting board. What was in there, you know, that you said on, oh, no, let's take that out. What's maybe one thing that you, you know, looking back, not necessarily that you wanted to have it in there, but you thought, uh, oh, let's maybe take that out. You know, I, I really wouldn't say that I censored anything or took anything out that I, you know, that I have any thoughts about. The biggest thing is, like I mentioned, there, there have been more than 800 players that went. Yeah. Um, so, so you could have probably written this book talking to, you know, people that I didn't even get a chance to speak to, uh, and filled, you know, the same quality, the same content of, of pages. Every player has so many stories that 
you could have replaced a great anecdote that I got from, you know, Corey Carr, who played in France and played in the NBA. You could have replaced a great anecdote from him, and there probably would have been a great anecdote from someone else. Um, but but Corey was who I was able to speak to and, and, and get, you know, some really great thoughts from on, on some very, uh, really interesting areas. So it, it's not so much that there were things that I – areas that I didn't get into – as much as you could have written this book a bunch of times over, talking to a bunch of different players and gotten some really different uh, stories, specific stories. Yeah, with 800, some 800 players, it's kind of hard to tell the story of them all in, in the uh, amount of pages you have. Exactly. Um, this comes out actually this coming week now. Uh, I mean, before even our next show. So November 7th is release date. Uh, you are in Canada, as we said, in Toronto. Where uh, tell people where they can get this book. Um, so uh, so this will be coming out November seventh, uh, and, and appreciate the opportunity. It'll be on uh, Amazon.com, anywhere anywhere online that you buy books. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Powell's. Uh, uh, it is available at you know international sites as well. Um, so my, my publisher is Skyhorse Publishing. They make it uh, fully available all over the world. So wherever you buy books, um, you should be able to buy this. Okay. Um, I, you're you're a uh, <laughs> you're a double topic person, um, and <laughs> and uh, being in Canada and being actually involved in basketball, you there's another issue I'd actually like to talk to you about. Um, and you're because you're actually last year I guess you became the chief operating officer of U Sports. Uh, which is the national governing body of uni university sports in Canada. So I assume that's the Canadian version of the NCAA. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Um, I guess, first of all, tell us a little bit about your function there with the as the COO uh, of U-Sports. Sure. So it's a, a leadership position where I, I oversee our – uh, our governance uh, and our operations. So operations are, are really the nitty gritty, the, the human resources, our staff, our finances. But the governance is, is the big picture item. So that's our board of directors, uh, all of our committees, and really trying to shape our strategy uh, and how we grow university sports in Canada. And what would you say is the biggest issue you're tackling now? I think for us, you know, you, you know of some, uh, we used to be known as CIS. So you, you exactly. know of some former Canadian university basketball players who've, who've played overseas and, and been successes. So our student athletes do a great job and, and they get good grades and they're fantastic athletes and, and put on a great show. For us, the biggest challenge is getting more sports fans in Canada to know about it. It's not as uh, well appreciated uh, in the sports community as the NCAA would be. Um, and, and our players across the board are generally, uh, I think it's very safe to say, better than they get credit for. And, and to me, that's our single uh, most important mission um, is to make sure that people appreciate just how good uh, our Canadian university student athletes are. Yeah, I just talked to uh, Philip Scrub actually on the weekend. So, and you guys have yeah, exactly. plenty of great memories of Philip. Yeah, and you know, and, and that's a fantastic player who, who had an unbelievable career in Canada, and now is making a great career in Europe, um, and 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 a fringe and, and possible NBA player. So, you know, we, we produce some some great talent, uh, and and it's fun to to celebrate Phil, and it's it's fun to work on making sure that the next generation's version 
uh, maybe gets a bit more appreciation at home. Is there an effort? I mean, I'm sure there's an effort, but let's let's say, what is the sort of effort to, I guess, try to keep some sort of close a little bit of the floodgates of the young Canadian talent going to to the to the states, even to. I mean, okay, obviously there's already high school, but then to to go to college as well. Um, what are you, what are you guys trying to do to to kind of uh, you know you're, you're not everybody's going to be stopped of course but what are you trying doing to try to keep you know at least some more here in in uh, there in Canada? It's a great question and and it's one that in basketball and in other sports is is top of mind for us. Um, first thing is we're not trying to stop anyone or everyone that, you know each situation is different and and the example I always give. I would never have recommended that Andrew Wiggins stay in, in Canada instead of going to Kansas. Uh, there are some basketball programs and some football programs. There's programs in all the sports in the NCAA that are uh, top notch uh, and they're great experiences and you get great educations. And if you have that opportunity, go for it. For us, really, it's changing the, the misconception that any NCAA scholarship opportunity is better than every Canadian university opportunity. And, and we've seen over and over that it's just not the case. Phil Scrub is a great example. Someone who could have definitely played, uh, you know, in, in the NCAA in Division One, uh, but got a phenomenal education, great coaching, uh, and chose to stay at Carleton. And, and for us, that's a great example. And, and there's many others. So it's not keeping the, you know, the Kansas basketball player or the Ohio State football player in Canada. It's those that grasp at an opportunity that really isn't ideal for them in any way other than they think there's more cachet to the NCAA. And we see a lot of those student athletes um, who don't find it as, as good as they'd hoped. And, and we think we have an opportunity for them here. Uh, you, you combine that with the efforts going on in Ontario with their, keep drawing a blank on what it's called, uh, the, the high school uh, OHSA, is that what it is? OSHA? Yeah, we- we don't we don't work with them uh, explicitly. I think we're we're partnering and communicating with anyone and everyone involved in sports, and that's one of the uh, relationships to discuss. But uh, it's not nothing we've done uh, anything formal with. No, what I mean is with the increased effort that they have um, to offer some you know higher level high school programs. Yeah. That helps you guys as well because, you know, they're saying, all right, well, we don't need to go to college. We don't need to go to, to the States for high school. We can also get those facilities and everything else here. And now it's, you know, it's kind of trying to get the next step probably to maybe, you know, offer. Or like you said, this is the, the misconception that, that, you know, that, you know, Carleton, Ottawa and, and other, you know, places also offer uh, a pretty good training uh, ground to develop your game and you know I, I always seem to think that you know and, and I think scrub would have been you know super important you know maybe Johnny B whatever you know one of those guys where they go from a Canadian college and then make it to the NBA then there's the the realization oh man I don't need to go to an NCAA school in the states I can go to a U sports university and and then also make it to the NBA that was kind of like you know, really, I think the the, the thing that's m- missing in in the effort is a Canadian college player going to the NBA. Yeah, 
no, and that and that's uh, definitely the case. And, and you're right. The the prep school movement is definitely a shared vision of, of the same kind of mission, which is let's not only provide the opportunities here, uh, but make sure everyone knows that there those opportunities are available. All right, fantastic. Um, I could talk to you for ages uh, uh, about uh, Canadian basketball, but I know you have uh, things you gotta get to, and and uh, so I will let you go. Uh, pimp the book one more time. Tell everybody where they can get it. Tell people where they can follow you. Um, and I believe there's a Twitter feed also for the book. Uh, give all the give all the particulars out there so that people can uh, find it. That's right. Really appreciate it. So the book again is called Aliyup to Aliyah: African American Hoopsters in the Holy Land. Uh, you can follow on Twitter at Aliyup to Aliyah. And uh, it's available anywhere online that books are sold. And uh, if it's good enough that David Hine can get halfway through it, then I'll, I'll take that as a big uh, stamp of approval. I really appreciate it. My wife said, hey, that's not too bad for you. So <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it for sure. Uh, Dave, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely see each other down the road. Thank you, David. All right. Um, yes, uh, Aliyah is... A L I Y H Y A H A L I Y A H. In case you are trying to figure it out, David Goldstein, uh, thank you for coming on the show. This was a fantastic uh, chat, and uh, really, um, you know, next week, you know, you can uh, go grab it, and it's a it's a nice read. It's tight. It's it's. Uh, Loads of great uh, uh, stories in there, you know, one after the next, and, and just really colorful people, and and uh, just you really, if you're interested in your in, in Israeli basketball, you'll absolutely love it. If you're interested in European basketball and Israel and Maccabi Tel Aviv's place in the game, uh, you will definitely be informed and and learn things about it. And if you are just a, a fan of, of uh, human interest stories and, uh, and culture clash and, and, um, and, and of the like, then you will enjoy it as well. So um, Aliyup to Aliyah, half American, uh, African-American hoopsters in the Holy Land. Go check it out uh, as of November 7th. Thank you to uh, uh, David Goldstein for giving me a copy of that to read ahead of time and with that i will let you head on with your day evening whatnot and last thing i need to let you know is what you're going to be listening to and the song is called sunny day and it is by audio binger it's available on freemusicarchive.org go check out the great music there and we will talk to you next week the last time in november from from Germany. I'll be heading out to the States uh, next Thursday, so a week from tomorrow. So, uh, But next week I am still in Regensburg. So until next week, talk to you later. Enjoy.
How you doing? This is Andre Blatch from the Philippine national team. You are listening to Taking the Charge.